Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Yes, sir. How do you like that Christmas music? I kind of like that. I, for one, am in the Christmas spirit all year round. You know, speaking of that, speaking of that, I heard some disturbing news today. Oh, no. What was it? Share it with us, I heard that Jeff Rowland was not going to put up a Christmas tree this year. No truth to that. Well, zero truth to that. Did I hear? Did I hear that right? No, you did not well, hear that right. Actually, uh, you did hear it right. No, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no right to that. But our, we have a lady that produces us. Yeah, did she said it right? She said all the, she said Mr. Scrooge right. Yeah, Mr. Scrooge. I think we need to between now and Christmas. That needs to be his name. He has been dubbed Scrooge. Scrooge. Actually, Scrooge too. Actually, they call me mm-hmm. Jeff. Hashtag. Common sense and full of exegesis. I wonder if, yeah, <laughs> I wonder if the Scrooge 1.0 had a bald head as well. Probably. Well, I don't know. I couldn't tell under all that hair. Oh, okay. So, could have been. <laughs> Moving right along, ladies and gentlemen, we've called this meeting together for this purpose. Well, how have you guys been today? Good. Did y'all have a great time this morning? Just I'm sure you did. Wonderful time. We wonderful did too. Time. Alan, great time. Alan, he was. Uh, he talked about the horrors today. Oh, it seems yep. like there is. Uh, that's that's an ongoing theme at this point with you. Well, it's Revelation chapter 17. If you knew your Bible, you would already know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they do call me common sense and exegesis. Well, listen, you had one guy called us all that. Listen, that's the kind now, of comments we get about this show. We got a comment that said, uh, full of common sense and Great exegesis. Would you like me to read the other ones? uh, No, no, you can't read that on here. (laughs) We get kicked off. We get kicked off. You're right. Revelation 17 talks about the whore of Babylon, and I'm I'm assuming that's kind of where you've been. Yeah, 17, 18. Yeah. That's where you've been parked lately. Now, you said you wanted me to look up his article, and where where is the Prophecy News Watch? Prophecy, just scroll on down there. Below the rainbow flags. Below the rainbow flags. And below the terrorist sky. And it's that one. Will this time of war in Israel pave the way oh, for... okay. A time of, of counterfeit peace. Counterfeit peace. I love that topic. The article is good, but I love that topic. I wanted to kind of frame our thoughts today around that topic. Counterfeit mm-hmm. peace. And you're saying with with the war that's going on now with Hamas and Hezbollah and... Yeah. All the hazies yeah, and houses. Well, uh, there's several intriguing things about what's happening now that is being talked about on the internet, largely. Uh-huh, right. And some people have said, rightly so, that every time there's a skirmish in Israel, everybody starts talking about the end times. Right. And there's truth to that. That is right. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, is we've been in the last days since the time of Christ. Mm-hmm. The book of Hebrews is plain. It says that God has spoken to us by his son Jesus mm-hmm. in these last days. Mm-hmm. So the last days were considered to begin with that verse of Scripture begins with Christ. In 1948, I think it got ramped up when, when God gathered Israel back into their land. Mm-hmm. But what is intriguing to me about the conflict that's going on now is a, and, and you and I discussed this just a little bit this past week. There is varied interpretation on when Ezekiel 38, the war mm-hmm. of Gog and the land of Magog, there's a different interpretations on when does that war take place. Mm-hmm. Is it at the Battle of Armageddon? Is it before the rapture? Mm-hmm. And, and that intrigues me, especially with what this article says. This article is talking about 
is this the war that's going to bring in or pave the way mm-hmm. uh, for a mm-hmm. time of counterfeit peace? We know that the Antichrist, in literal form, is going to sign a covenant with Israel and many other nations. That covenant will be a counterfeit peace. And I'm, I'm wondering, is this the war that is paving the way not just for a time of counterfeit peace, but for the time of counterfeit. of counterfeit peace, because we've basically been living in counterfeit peace since you know Genesis ten and the formation of the nations. You know, it just it's intriguing to me. There's all kinds of questions about this that I think that we could get into and kind of discuss, mm-hmm. especially with the Ezekiel thirty eight thing. Are we seeing Ezekiel thirty eight now unfold? Is Ezekiel thirty eight prior to the rapture of the church? Is it at the end of the tribulation period? And there are great thinkers on both sides of that Mm -hmm. that hold to differing views. I'm not sure that it's um, an either-or thing either. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of wanted to frame it around that. But this is a good article to get us started. Do you want to start reading her there, or you or Jason or somebody? It's going to have to be Jeff, because my eyes are not that good. Go for it, Jeff. Last month, Prime Minister Netanyahu quoted the book of Ecclesiastes declaring... The Bible says there's a time for peace and a time for war. Mm -hmm. He says this is the time for war. Interestingly enough, Alan, this is one of the first times since 48 that the term war has been used. Mm -hmm. The term conflict has been used from Israeli politicians and government. Even police action has been used. But the word war, this is the first time Mm -hmm. since 48 has been used. This article and this writer says he's dead right about that. Israel's most important priority right now is to defeat and displace Hamas. This is the predicate for any future lasting peace in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Prime Minister Netanyahu called the current conflict Israel's second war of independence. Mm -hmm. The first war of independence was in 1948, the rebirth of the modern state of Israel when they were invaded by five nations simultaneously. Calling this their second war of independence is a powerful statement. Netanyahu also said Israel is only at the beginning regarding the conflict with the terrorist organization. I do believe that, that as, as I said earlier, this is the first time that the word war has been used. So the significance behind everything that's going on is leading us somewhere different because everything that's happened so far in this war has been different than anything that has happened since 1948. There are representatives from all of the nations that you see listed in Genesis 10. Mm -hmm. There's some type of representation from all of those nations. So everything that's gathered around Israel right now would lead you to think it would appear as though that the stage is set for Ezekiel 38 and 39 to get started. That being said, if you place that event at the Battle of Armageddon, there's a seven-year period where the Antichrist signs a covenant Mm -hmm. that represents counterfeit peace. And then you've got the Prince of Peace that comes Mm -hmm. at the end of that and establishes his kingdom of peace for a thousand years. So it does bring to light that question of where do you place this war? Is it Ezekiel 38 that we're seeing? Is it not even close to Ezekiel 38? Do we place it happening now? Do we place it happening later? Where do you place? What's your thoughts? We don't know is what the truth is. We can guess a lot, but what we do know is that Israel will be surrounded by her enemies. Yeah. And which it's looking like that right now. 
mm-hmm. that that's being fulfilled. She is surrounded by our enemies. I personally believe the rapture of the church is, I think it's the next thing on the prophetic clock, Jeff. Mm-hmm. The, the, the rapture of the church we know can happen at any time. So as far as knowing what will come when, I don't know. But I will say this, I believe the rapture of the church is the next thing on the prophetic clock. And I think it has been since Jesus left the earth mm-hmm. in Acts 1. Mm-hmm. I think it has been. With God regathering Israel into the land, we've talked about this before. It changed prophetic interpretation Correct. when 1948 happened. Right. Up until that point, it looked like that all of that was going to happen. I'm assuming now. You you correct me. You you're you're a scholar on church history, especially. Oh, did you, but, you just uh, hear when he heard he called you? Yeah, he called he's a scholar. a scholar. That's right. I might need uh, you to interpret that word. for Well, you it guys. means that I taught you, and as a student, <laughs> you, you really learned well. Um, prior to 1948, we were looking for the rapture of the church. Mm-hmm to be the next event. But in interpreting a lot of the scripture of the Old Testament prophets, I'm assuming that those that held to a pre-tribulation rapture view of the church, and for those of you that's going to comment and say the rapture of the church is a new doctrine, no, it's not. It's not a new doctrine. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, Paul taught it. I'm just saying that up until that time, people would view God regathering Israel back into their land Mm -hmm. as a post-rapture event and then going into the prophetic clock as we now see it now you're saying prior to 48 prior to 48 mm-hmm. then you get to 1948 and god fulfilled prophetic scripture mm-hmm. and rebirthed the nation in a day mm-hmm. he gathered he started gathering the people back into the land when you look at ezekiel 38 in light of the events we're seeing today i find myself changing a little bit in where i would place ezekiel 38 mm-hmm. and 39 a great bible teacher that's in heaven now chuck missler Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to him on this subject. He was talking about how Hal Lindsey placed Ezekiel 38 at the Battle of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Missler placed Ezekiel 38 as happening, or at least beginning, prior to the rapture. Mm-hmm. Could have ended at some point after the rapture had taken mm-hmm. place. I guess one of my thoughts is, and this is a thought that I think a lot of people may have, <clears throat> how is the enemy going to explain the sudden disappearance of so many believe of the believing remnant, if there is a lot of the believing remnant, how is it going to be explained, their sudden disappearance? And if we study Ezekiel 38, it does look a whole lot like nuclear mm-hmm. war mm-hmm. is taking place, which, if that coincides, I'm not saying it will, but if that coincides with an event that we know as the rapture, mm-hmm. it'd be an easy explanation. It know? would be, and I personally think it's going to, really shocked the world. I don't think it's going to go by unnoticed. I think that when the rapture of church does happen, that everybody's, it's, it's, uh, I know people make fun of the Left Behind series and all that, and I get all that. And for some reason, people's pride, prideful Christians, for some reason, gloat at making fun mm-hmm. of those Left Behind videos and things. And uh, I, don't, I don't really get to what there is to make fun of. I don't either, really. I, but Jeff did say he's coming around, so he might be leaning a little more post-trib now. <laughs> well, so he, he may not. This is true, but the only reason I think he's not post-trib, Jason, I don't think he understands what it means. So, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is the burden that I bear, the cross I carry. It's just something that the Lord has placed on me to help these men find I, I think one thing that's messing us up here a little bit is we are losing, I say we're losing, a lot of the prophetic movement, I should say. A lot of those out there that are 
basically dominionist, pushing the dominion mm-hmm. theology. And my theology allows dominion theology. In my theology, I can say, I hope you're right. Yeah, but that's uh, not the way I see it. But your dominion theology, because people are turning a blind eye to the revelation of the rapture of the church, is throwing their eschatology off. Mm-hmm. And you're coming up with all kinds of different, mm-hmm. and it's just it's basically one hiccup, but it's like a fork in the road. If you take the wrong fork, you're going to end up at the wrong place. And just so happens, rapture of the church is a big deal because there will be uh, many of the so-called Laodicean church still on the earth. But which brings up a, another thought, just for the sake of discussion, because I've heard people say, "Well, how is the disappearance going to be explained from a logical standpoint?" Some type of nuclear exchange could, in fact, explain that in a logical standpoint. Mm-hmm. The spiritual dynamic is is that after the rapture of the church takes place and the Holy Spirit is withdrawn from the earth, what will cover the earth is prevailing darkness. Mm-hmm. From that darkness will be, including the apostate church, mm-hmm. a one-world religion established. Yeah, yeah. And as a result of that, there could then be a spiritual explanation Mm -hmm. from a false religion, a false Christ, Mm -hmm. the false prophet. And as a result of that, there could be people who receive a spiritual explanation Mm -hmm. for the sudden disappearance of the aggravating believing remnant Mm -hmm. who has tormented the earth, hopefully, Mm -hmm. much as the two witnesses are described. Well, I've read so, one place where there's one group that believes that if you've had the COVID shot, that you'll dematerialize and you'll be taken out like a rapture. I don't know. Just saying. Your heart at least. <laughs> <probably. laughs> total, total parody. Well, okay, there come on, spot on you <laughs> We just, we just, uh, we just lost you two. <laughs> just lost yeah. you two right um, there. Well, take away that. Jeff, you know how I think they'll explain it? <laughs> the rapture? This is going to be interesting. Go ahead, Jason. Tell us. Aliens. Aliens. Well, well, can I tell you something? That's been a conjecture. Yeah. I think that's one reason that the alien thing is being wrapped up. I've heard heard that. I was hearing that when I was a kid, that that was a prevailing Mm -hmm. thought. And it's coming back up now. And it's Mm -hmm. coming back up. Just thinking about some of these questions that people have that are Mm kind of out there, and we're talking about them. I'm not saying that there's there's not a right or wrong answer because we don't know. Mm -hmm. But that is a question. You know, how's how's that going to be explained? Another question is where why is America not mentioned? Mm -hmm. Just an interesting concept that I heard this week that we talked about. I was sharing with you. In Ezekiel 39, it talks about how the, the land of Magog is mm-hmm. set ablaze on fire. A couple of verses prior to that, in, in Ezekiel 39, 4, I think it is, 3 and 4, it talks about bows and arrows mm-hmm. falling out of their hands, which could be ballistic missiles mm-hmm. carrying nuclear weapons. And it talks about how that those that live safely in the aisles mm-hmm. are disintegrated as well. No one knows who who they are. Who who uh, are living safely. Yeah. And the term mm-hmm. safely there, interesting interestingly enough, is a false safety. It's not living in a true safety. It's living in false or counterfeit peace, mm-hmm. if you will. Counterfeit safety. And it was conjecture I heard Missler conjecture that that very yeah. well could represent North America largely. Right. And America that is not mentioned in end times prophecy. Mm-hmm. 
And this is just kind of interesting in what we're talking about here. I, I hear a lot of people talking about end-time harvest. Mm -hmm. I'm for that, by the way. We ought to be busy about the Father's business, leading people mm -hmm. to Jesus. And I believe there should be. I hope, I pray for an end-time harvest. But truly, there will be an end-time harvest from Satan. Mm -hmm. Because that's the whole ministry of the Antichrist mm -hmm. as it unfolds on the earth during that time of tribulation. So I'm, I'm saying that in, in what we see around Israel now, I'm beginning to see and understand. I'll say for me personally, I do believe that this is at least the beginning of Ezekiel 38. I'm not saying that, that uh, it can't unfold over a period of decades, maybe even. And I'm not saying that it couldn't unfold over a period of days or even moments because all of the chief representatives are there. But I'm leaning heavily toward, because of the way 39 explains the ending of that battle, it's different from the ending of the Battle of Armageddon. It is. And because of that difference, I'm beginning to wonder if, in fact, that this is far. not... Uh, mm -hmm. what we're seeing before the rapture takes place, which mm -hmm. I still hold true to the fact that the rapture could take place at any moment. Only the Father knows in heaven mm -hmm. when Jesus is coming back in the middle of the air. So mm -hmm. we distinguish between the middle of the air coming and the second coming to establish his kingdom. So are we seeing that? I think it's quite possible that mm -hmm. we are. It's possible, yep. yeah. All right, what's the next part of that article? He goes on to talk about that this is a time of war. This is Netanyahu speaking, and he, he quoted from uh, Ezekiel, and he says this is now a time of war. The writer says Israel has now penetrated deeply into Gaza and is tightening the noose on Hamas. Hamas's days, I believe, are numbered. The bigger concern right now is up to the northern front with Hezbollah, which is another surrogate proxy of Iran. They are much more formidable fo foes than Hamas. Can I just ask you a question here? You was talking about the horror of Babylon this mm -hmm. morning. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I said this morning at the church in Lenore, that the individual battles we're fighting now is Hamas. Even the individual battles in our life. I believe that because of this. I believe that the, the demonic, satanic influence that is in Hamas is of the same spirit that we battle in our individual lives that's on the earth today. What's released and what has been released, I think, is, is part of the warfare we're all engaging in. And in terms of that, we're fighting the same war, just in spiritual ways. What's your, your thoughts on that? Well, I have never really looked at it in that light. It very well could be. I think the, the battle that's... Um, Hamas is just somewhat destroyed. A lot of the questions going to that remains is what is Israel going to do with the Gaza, mm -hmm. uh, Gaza Strip, and um, what's their next move? Are they going to put an Israeli flag up, or you know, just what is it they're going to do uh, with that? And whatever they do, I think will determine the turn. Them being in the Gaza Strip and doing what they're doing to try to mop up Hamas is somewhat understandable. What they do with the territory is another thing. And if they, I think if they drive a flag up that it's now, because you've heard some say, well, Israel should have never, they should have always had the Gaza Strip, you know. Now, I am kind of set back at how entrenched Hamas, how entrenched they are. Mm -hmm. That just kind of blows my mind. 
at the tunnel systems. You know, we've heard about the tunnel systems. And 300 all miles of About my land. 300 miles. I mean, what do you do with all that dirt? That's well, exactly. Pretty much of the U.S. border. <laughs> it probably is. Well, it could very well be. The 300 miles, though, of tunnel systems Mile in land. a strip of land that isn't but 21 miles yeah. by 7 miles, I think, is, is the Gaza Strip. Mm. And they have 300 miles of tunnel systems under there. I mean, that's just, um, I mean, a little earthquake looks like the whole Gaza Strip would fall in. So anyway, it's just, that's just, a, that blows my mind at the tunnel system they had. Now, if you had any thoughts that Hamas did not mean any harm, Based on that tunnel system, you have that would have to negate any fact that they didn't mean what they were doing. Absolutely. They've been setting up for this ever since they started digging the first tunnel, it looks like. And their propaganda war is connected to the infrastructure of those tunnels because they found uh, mm-hmm. one main entrance under a hospital. Mm-hmm. Knowing that Israel would find that out, mm-hmm. I mean, sooner or later. Come on. Go. And so. If Israel does anything against the hospital, it aids in their propaganda war. Mm-hmm. And, and all those are from logical standpoints. But in the spirit, it makes me wonder if the same principality that's not at work there, demonically speaking, is not akin to the same warfare, even though it's manifested in different physical means. Mm-hmm. Is it the same war that we're all fighting individually in our lives? Now, my first response is it's at least equal to or it's worse because... I mean, Hamas goes in there and cuts babies' heads off. That's pretty bad. And the perversion's pretty bad, too, by what it looks yeah. like the reports are. So based on that, I would say yes, except what's going on in the world is more widespread, more... More covert. Uh, covert, yeah. if you will. I could say yes, it would, could be of the same spirit. I guess it would, we'd have to say, too, we'd be pretty naive to say that it wasn't because so it goes israel so it goes the rest of the world just to be that's, honest with you that's exactly right it draws some attention to across the board to a couple of different passages of scripture one in revelation 9 and it talks about the bottomless pit being open a smoke rising mm-hmm. up we know to be a demonic force they're described as locusts these locusts have a commander Right. Called a badden. So it looks like that those, basically in the scripture, I think the locusts are like demons. Right, exactly. And so that commander, perhaps a head demon? Well, and, and here's the, the uh, odd thing. Yeah, it, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's what it's described in Revelation 9. The book of Proverbs says that locusts do not have a leader. Mm-hmm. There is this uh, passage in Amos 7 that I heard, and we talked about it a little bit that talks about how that Amos 7-1, actually, I, I'd like to just, I want to read it because it's so intriguing to me how this uh, lines up. Amos 7-1 says, Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, he formed grasshoppers. In the original language, it's interpreted as locusts. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth, and lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. When the Old Testament was translated into Greek, it reads that these locusts are led by the king who is called Gog. So if that if that is right, mm-hmm. then Gog, being identified in Ezekiel 38, mm-hmm. would actually be a demonic spirit. Exactly. Revelation 9 gives a demonic <coughs> spirit to be ahead of that demonic army rising up from the bottomless yes. pit. Yeah. You know, the thing that I'm, I'm beginning to wonder is the de- it has the demonic warfare ratcheted up to levels beyond what we have even imagined up to this point on the earth 
And has has that created an insanity that not only refuses to truth, but can't even, can't even see the truth? Well, what do you do? How does a man kill 30 babies? How, how, how does do you, how does an abortion doctor rip out exactly. hundreds and thousands? That's the parallel. Well, I, yeah, that's, 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 that's the true, parallel. Jason. That's the they reason just, I asked they the question. Cut the, they, cut them, they cut their heads off. We rip them up with little pliers and exactly. little pieces. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's yeah, the parallel right. that I'm uh, that I, and and we know of the perversion that Hamas has has mm-hmm. uh, perpetrated against uh, elderly women mm-hmm. and young women and girls. Well, I think that's a testimony it's documented. that some types of demons it appears are being you know released. I don't know if uh, demons have a shelf life. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I never thought about well, it. But, at this rate, it's a few thousand years. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. But to say that it's not being demonically inspired and then to say that that doesn't influence the rest of the world to be naivety at its highest form, for I sure. I think so. I think so, and I think that's but part my, of the— But the question is, too, if that be the case, do you think that God turns up the anointing on his people? I mean, I don't know that we—I know we got the prophecy of Joel that he pours out his Spirit. So I can go to there to say that God could pour out his Spirit, and it says on, on all flesh, I'm assuming— that that's not the whole world, but it's believers. and uh, But it doesn't distinguish between believers there. It says on all flesh. I would have to believe that, yes, he could turn up the anointing, I guess you could say it. And also, Jeff, it's, it's not only the anointing. You see, it used to be that truth would stop all lies. We are now living in a day that you can say the truth, and people say, well, okay, that's fine for you, and then they just keep going. In other words, truth, we're now living in a world that truth doesn't stop lies. People, they just act like it's another opinion. And in living in that type of day, because, you know, we were under persuasion, if you just get the truth out there, okay, there it is. Yeah, here's the truth. There's truth. There you go. End of conversation. We're living in a day that that's not happening anymore. No. And people don't care about the truth. It's... it's, uh, it's what I get by with. It's right, and it's and it's what I get caught at, or somebody stops me is wrong. Yeah. So we're totally living in a non in a total flesh atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting with truth. Like you can say things, and people just don't hear you. Like it doesn't matter. But it's almost like truth without the Holy Spirit is pointless to even talk about. Yeah, if you have to not, have anointing yeah, on it to it change. Have, it's not. Yeah, it's subjective to everybody's opinion. Mm-hmm. Is, that's where truth's lying. I guess what it didn't used to be. It, like no, that. it didn't. I think it there was an, always an underlying current of that, but we've never seen it like this in our time. All that we're discussing here leads us leads me to a place. If Amos seven one is correct, if you compare that to Revelation nine, and if the battle of Gog of Ezekiel thirty eight is actually head headed up by a demonic principality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, and the spiritual warfare is what it is, then it leads me, Alan, to the timeliness of what you're preaching, mm-hmm. because now we're dealing with an apostate church and, an, and a believing remnant. That being said, we've talked about, and I've made this statement many times in Lenore, I believe the believing remnant is raptured up. Mm-hmm. And I believe that doctrine of eminence in the Scripture, keep your lamps burning, your lights mm-hmm. on, that reflects the doctrine of eminence so he could return in the middle of the air at any moment. But we both believe the apostate church is going to go through the tribulation. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be a hybrid 
It'll change into a hybrid type thing of the merging of the apostate church that will receive doctrines of demons Mm-hmm. and seducing spirits of the Antichrist, mm-hmm. they will align themselves with the one world religion at that point. So you have the apostate church as the whore of Babylon. Okay, we're seeing the formation of that even in the secular society with the inability to, to acknowledge, see, or adapt to truth. We're seeing that before our very eyes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of builds a case if you that this is right. Mm-hmm. You know, that the very possibility of an intense release of demonic spirits is here. And that being said, you and I have always preached this, and I still believe it. Every time there is an intensity of hell released on the earth, there is an intensity of heaven released mm-hmm. to the earth. Anytime there is the intensity of the spirit of the Antichrist, there is an intensity of the Holy Spirit. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Those that, that choose to believe lies, there's also a group that is cherishing truth more. Mm-hmm. and actually fulfilling the book of Proverbs that says, buy the truth mm-hmm. and sell it not. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're in that time, or we're at least at the beginnings of that time, mm-hmm. where it's, it's, it's really going to be defined before our very eyes, possibly right. even before we leave here. Well, don't you think that we have to agree that darkness is invading? In other words, we're wanting revival to break out and the Spirit of God to invade our country yeah. and to invade the world. But the truth is... The spirit of darkness is doing a lot of invading. I had a jotted down a couple notes here. We have invading darkness throughout the highest levels of our government. We have invading darkness in our entertainment. Mm-hmm. We have invading darkness. The entertainment industry celebrates every imaginable evil and attacks all of our family values. Yep. It's invading our schools. It appears our educational establishments deliberately dumb down and corrupt our youth. In many of our churches, we have invading darkness. And I set this out there. You can challenge it. I believe that same-sex marriage is not about same-sexes getting married. I think it's about destroying the family unit. Well, sure, yeah. There was a day, I put down, that we could rely on our advisors, counselors, professionals. But if you did that today, you'd be pretty naive. And, but there was a day. That's the reason I'm saying. Now, this is interesting in talking about all this. You can talk about Israel. You can talk about the United States. Talk about the United States just for a moment because we're, you know, several hundred years old here. And Jim Nelson Black wrote a book in 1994, and you'll remember it when I tell you the name of it, When Nations Die. Mm-hmm. And he had three things of decay. The first one was social decay. He said you have crisis of lawlessness loss of economic discipline, and rising bureaucracy. So we're experiencing all of that now. Now, one thing that concerns me with Israel, Jeff, is we know that the Jews that are in charge there are not believing Jews. Exactly. The next thing he says that happens when when a nation dies, the first one's social decay, second one is cultural decay. A decline of education, weakening of cultural foundations, mm-hmm. and loss of respect for traditional values. We really need to look at that one hard because we've had so much disrespect. Well, I mean, just like statues. Take you know, that's an easy one. Statues that were all torn down here, not you know, a year or so ago. On how we had this big movement of tearing down a statue. It's just like there's no respect for anything traditional, and uh, we can even go there in our churches. Yeah, we're certainly not holding fast to that which is good. No, we're we are we are not. Yeah. And I was talking to a person in the church today, and 
And this lady was going to teach the little kids to sing on the Christmas service on Sunday morning, and it was about 20 kids or so, and she was teaching them how to sing Silent Night. Not a one of them had ever heard it. I'm like, I don't know what you do with that. Yeah. All right, then third thing is that uh, he speaks about is moral decay. Now, this book is cited quite often over the last 30 years. First one, social decay, then cultural decay, then moral decay. The moral decay is the rise of, of immorality. Mm. Then the decay of religious belief. Then the devaluing of human life. And usually it takes about 200 years. We're running over that a little bit. About 200 years, and then it says that that you basically... Now, let me say one other slide here I had. Alexander Tyler, he had a book, but he had this graft, and he called it Cycle of a Nation. He said it starts off in bondage, and you can think about the nation Israel. (laughs) You start off in bondage, then they go to spiritual faith, then they go to great courage, out of that spiritual faith. Then out of great courage, it spurs out liberty. Then they go to abundance because liberty equals abundance. Then they turn into complacency. Then they turn into apathy. And my question is, where's America in the cycle? This morning, I talked about the cycle of Israel as well. And in the Old Testament, it runs so true. Just perfect. Yeah. yeah. Israel is rejoicing over the blessings of God. Mm-hmm. They get weary of God's blessings. Mm-hmm. Which is why the prodigal left his father's house. Gets weary. Yeah, complacency. They turn away from God. Then God sends judgment. Then they turn back to God. They mm-hmm. rejoice in their blessings and their deliverance. They get weary of the blessings. They wander away from God. Billy Graham made this statement. It kind of grates me a little bit to say it, but Billy Graham made this statement. That if God doesn't begin to pour judgment on America there'll have to be some apologies made to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that God doesn't apologize Mm -hmm. for anything he does. But the point being, with what you're saying there, is judgment coming? Mm -hmm. This morning I talked about a heavenly perspective of judgment and an earthly perspective of judgment. Mm -hmm. When you talk about judgment, we've had comments, uh, you know, about our podcast here. Y'all just two old men just talks doom and gloom. Okay, mm-hmm. well, watch. It, it depends on what perspective you're in. An earthly perspective of judgment brings fear and dread. But according to Revelation chapter 5, when the seven-sealed book is released and the Lamb can open the seven-sealed book, which you and I both know contains the wrath of God mm-hmm. being poured out on the earth, mm-hmm. the whole host of heaven begins to worship and rejoice. Uh-huh. So a heavenly perspective of judgment doesn't bring fear and dread. Mm-mm. It brings praise and mm-hmm. worship to the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. to the Lamb that was slain. So if, in fact, this talk brings fear and dread, it shows your perspective is more earthly than heavenly. Mm-hmm. That perspective has to change. Mm-hmm. We're talking about revival. What preceded revival in the Old Testament? Judgment. Mm-hmm. Every time. Mm-hmm. Judgment did. So I'm just I'm adding that to part of the framework of your thought to see what you what your thought is on it because I I believe it's significant. We had a comment there from our good friend Old at Heart on YouTube. Yeah, hello, Old at Heart. He says he was talking about the cycles that you were talking about, Alan, and he said also referred to as the fourth turning of generations. Seems as if the demonic spirit aligns with these generations. Wow. It goes on to say, too, uh, Jeff and Jason, something significant happened on January the 1st, 2012. Most Americans are not aware of it. Entitlements require more control and money. You see that at the top. What was on the previous slide 
was at the bottom. You see down there at the bottom, Jeff mm-hmm. and Jason. When entitlement creeps into the middle class, it's all over. In other words, we know we have entitlements in what we would call the lower class, but it's into the middle class now. The forgiveness of, of college debt, yada, 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 yada. All of that's entitlements creeping in to the middle class. you got to understand the middle class is still 50% of the population. Well, if the pop, 50% of your population goes into entitlements too, it's over. There's, no, there's nobody left. I mean, you've already got over 50% of your... Yeah. But this happened in January 1, 2012. The signing of the most controlling document against the American people. President Obama signed a bill on New Year's Eve, which essentially eliminates the Bill of Rights. It is the National Defense Authorization Act. The president's signing of the National Defense Authorization Act is a law that grants the U.S. military a, the legal right to conduct secret kidnappings of U.S. citizens, followed by indefinite detentions, interrogations, torture, and even murder. This is all conducted completely outside the protection of the law, with no jury, no trial, no legal representation, and not even any requirement that the government produce evidence against the accused. Mm-hmm. Now, you can look that up just to be sure, and I wish everybody would. National Defense uh, Authorization Act. Now, we know January 6th that a lot of those people are still in jail, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. They've still yet to have a trial. Yeah. They've still yet to even be charged, a lot of them. Mm, that's right. It's what my understanding is. Yeah, you're right. Well, a lot, most of that's coming under That's uh, right. Coming under this right here. It is. Uh, and it's happening in this country right now. What's well, formed a lawless society? The entitlement mentality is even affecting the middle class. There's a growing dependence of citizens seeking government handouts, which ignores the reality that the only assets the government has are yours. To uh, fulfill the growing expectations, they will increasingly confiscate your assets to fulfill their ambitions. The problem with socialism is that you soon run out of other people's money. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher. That's where we are. That's, that is the, lo- the logical formation of governmental control that I believe is under the leadership of the demonic force that we're seeing play out in mm-hmm. Israel and around the world. And you know, we're seeing it manifest there, but it's playing out all over the world. The question then becomes, what do we do about it as the believing remnant? I think that there's a, you know, you and I have discussed this before, Jeff. Uh, John, in John's day, uh, the world consisted of the area around mm-hmm. uh, Jerusalem, Patmos, uh, Rome, that's what he knew around. as the world. That's what he knew as the world. And so we've even thrown around the idea, well, maybe that's the world that John's talking about in the book of Revelation, and it doesn't really mention America because maybe that's not in his worldview mm-hmm. of what the world is. Our problem is is that all of this is happening all over the that's world. That's right. <laughs> that's our problem. That's, that's, we that's thought. exactly right. We, we were trying yeah. desperately to work out a way we could save that's the United right. States. Yeah, and we, it, it just it, ain't it, working it, out. It ain't it's computing. Just, it's not computing. That's the reason I throw in these. Well, and, uh, and it's that's part of the reason why I made the statement today that what Hamas and Hezbollah is doing there is affecting us here in spiritual form, manifesting differently in some places physically. In the natural world, it may have different, <coughs> differing manifestations right now. Well, it's easier to uh, see the war in Israel than it is yeah, the war in the United that's States. exactly right. It you is. Know, I'm, I'm saying the one that's happening uh, to us. Is more covert. And I, it's and I more, was yeah. making a comparison to your earlier statement. Is the same thing happening. It is the same thing. And it's just more, more it's happening here. It it's is. been happening it here. It absolutely is. And do I think it's of the same spirit? It, it's more of a covert, I guess you could say, yeah. or stealth type spirit. But nonetheless, I think we're in trouble. I think Israel's in trouble. I think the United States is in a little bit of trouble. But God, 
but uh, God. I mean, I, and I know all this points to the rapture probably uh, this afternoon at 6.30, but but I still have this thing in me that wants to kick it out another thousand years, Jeff. I don't know why. It's just, I just, it's just something in me that wants us to take the gospel message to the world. There's times I want to say, well, everybody needs to get what they deserve. And then I usually get a hiccup of the Holy Ghost and God says, yeah, but what about you? So, so I draw back. And even though everything points to it could be just any moment, which I understand that. But then there's a part of me that my heart goes out to those who haven't heard the gospel. Well, watch this. So what do we do? Okay, well, here's what here's, I'm giving you what, yeah. what I feel like God gave me. What did God give you? Um, in talking about we were in Revelation 5, and in talking about what do we do if judgment is right here at us. In Revelation 5, I think it's verse 8, it talks about how the prayers of the saints are bottled up as a, as a fragrance in heaven. I shared something, an, ex, an encounter my grandfather had. His encounter changed my life as he was mm-hmm. relating it to me. He was in Pennsylvania, and uh, I see it as vividly today as I've ever seen it. He was laying on the couch. He'd had a massive heart attack. It actually, they did a scan, and it had, you know how when you have a heart attack, they say that the muscle tissue of your heart thins. Mm-hmm. They said it looked like. Somebody had taken a double-barrel shotgun just shot him through the heart. Ooh. There was like two holes in the bottom of his heart. But he had a, an encounter with God that changed his life. His recounting of that changed my life. Mm-hmm. I was in Virginia when we got the news he had had a heart attack. We actually got the news he had passed away. Okay. My parents got in the car. They took off to Pennsylvania. Oddly enough, when they left, I got on my motorcycle and had a wreck. And then broke my leg. Oh, so I was in a hospital in Abingdon, Virginia. My good, parents. Good time. Anyway, I was I never in the hospital. Knew, I never there. knew that, Jason. Did you? I'm just throwing that in there for yeah. you, Jason. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, something about broken legs yeah. and motorcycles. I, I mean, I but, know Jason has never brought that up. Yeah. But I was in the hospital in Abingdon, Virginia, and I was praying for my grandfather. I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I just said, Lord, please be with my grandfather. Well, he was sharing an encounter with God he had. He talked about being in the presence of God. Some people believe this, some people don't, Mm -hmm. whatever. It doesn't matter. I have nothing to lose. My grandfather was pronounced dead for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. The sheet was pulled over his head, and they were wheeling him out of the emergency room, down the hall toward the morgue, and he coughed. And they pulled the sheet back over him, and he grasped for air and took in air, and the doctor leaned down and said, Mr. Rowland, we lost you. And Papa said, I knew right where I was. And he shared this encounter. Part of that encounter was he had he was smelling the most indescribable fragrance he had ever mm. smelled. He's sharing this encounter with us, and he said, and Revelation 5, 8 says that the prayers of the saints are bottled up in heaven mm-hmm. as a sweet-smelling fragrance. I preached this morning. The prayers of God's people accompanied with the worship of God's people because that verse says that mm-hmm. they fell down before the Lamb and they all had harps mm-hmm. and that the prayers of the saints was this fragrance in heaven. And I preached that our prayers and our worship can change the atmosphere in heaven. Mm-hmm. And according to Revelation 8, those prayers are then taken by the angel and cast back to the earth. Mm-hmm. As we change the atmosphere in heaven, the atmosphere in earth changes. Mm-hmm. And it comes through worship, and it comes through prayer. 
And I think that's what the call of, of the day is. I say that simply because of the fact of what Jason said, which I agree with. You can look people square in the face and tell them the truth, and it's as if they don't even understand. They're not even hearing you. I don't know that, which I'm not abandoning preaching. Please mm-hmm. understand. I know that God chose the foolishness of preaching to save the lost. But if we're wondering what to do in the in times like these, mm-hmm. if this warfare is of such great spiritual intensity, I think the only answer is through worship and intercession and there needs to be a revival and a commitment of that mm-hmm. and i think that can change the atmosphere in the heavenlies amen i believe that well don't you think also we're going to need a baptism of fresh fire fresh wind because we've had people interceding there for 30 years i know i know we have you know what i'm but saying but i think those those numbers need to and, grow and and usually you know the human spirit gives out when you're halfway there that's normally what happens. That's normally what That's happens. normally what happens. And then God carries us the rest of the way. You was talking about fire. Oddly enough, in Revelation 8, it says, And when they opened the seventh seal, mm-hmm. there was silence in heaven about the space of half hour. The seven angels stood with the seven trumpets. Another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden, golden censer. There was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God. The angel took the censer and filled it with fire. Wow. Off of the altar. Mm-hmm. And go. he cast it into the earth. Well, what do you think that I, means? I just, I just believe that well, we need... We need that. We need that. And I think that's... That's what we do. If we're looking for a path forward as the collective body of Christ, I think that's the path forward in the days we're living in because I do believe that this demonic prince called Gog mm-hmm. is being released on the earth. Mm-hmm. And we need a powerful release of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I just believe that. There's no doubt. had old at heart chime in one more time and he said you have children in your church that haven't heard silent not imagine how many children haven't heard of christ wow yeah i agree that's a good point old of heart we need to do a whole podcast on holding fast to that which is good Mm -hmm. yeah that's the truth because it is mocked in these days yeah yeah (laughs) that which is good yeah and you know there's a lot of the old hymns we call them Exactly. We know we're anointed. Oh. I mean, just so anointed. Listen, brethren, we have met to worship. Yeah. How firm a foundation. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Yeah. The most poetic melodies ever composed, I believe, is found in those old hymns that a lot of people mock and laugh at and make fun of today. Yeah. And can you even believe the that the Methodist brothers are who wrote so many of those old hymns? Sure are. Wow, don't you know they'd turn over in their graves? Yes, they would. Okay, Brother Jay. All right. Somebody want to close us out here? What do you think, Jeff? Jeff. Father, we love you, Lord. We need a deep, refreshing mandate and call of the Holy Spirit to engage at levels that only you can direct, Lord. I pray that worship will rise up and ascend to heaven. I pray that the prayers of God's people will rise up and the fragrance in heaven will be released to the earth. May we joyously, with rejoicing, anticipate how you're going to work in these days. Amen. Lord Jesus, I pray that your people, your people will commit the true warfare and what it is. May we find 
war in the truth of your word and the standard of your word. And may we turn your word into our worship book. Amen. Into our prayer manual. Lord, if you will, save the lost. May there be a great harvest of souls come into your kingdom. When we don't know what to say, let us just speak your name. Amen. When we don't know what to pray, let us just speak your name. For at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Amen. that you are Lord, the glory of the Father. Come Holy Spirit in power and blow across our nation again and the world. And bring about the mighty word and will of God. Thank you for all you're doing. We give you praise for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowland Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollinshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.